If you would, please turn your, in your Bibles with me and the kids can be dismissed. Matthew chapter 5. I want to finish out this year by giving a great commandment and yet a great promise and a word of encouragement from our Lord as we seek out his will for our life. Matthew chapter 5 verses 14 through 16. Matthew 5, 14 through 16, we're going to be talking about from darkness to light. It says this in verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle or a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and it gives light into all that are in the house. One of my favorite verses, and it says this in verse 16, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good work, and to glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Now turn, if you would, please, over to Ephesians. We're going to be reading out of Ephesians chapter 5. You know what? Let's start with Ephesians 1. There's a greeting to the church at Ephesus where it talks about predestination Adoption, forgiveness of sins, it shows the sovereignty of God in chapter 1. And then it will conclude in there with the Davidic covenant. That's more doctrine. But I just want to kind of highlight the spiritual blessings in Christ and what it has to say. So we start off today, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. To the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us unto or had having chosen before unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the loved or the beloved and whom he has redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and Understanding. Now, if you would please turn over to Ephesians 5, Ephesians 5, 14 through 16. Ephesians 5, 14 through 16. He says in verse 14, Wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly. Don't you love these words? The word actually means carefully. See, that you walk carefully. Uh, Could you imagine going to work? Um, You need to be really careful out there on that ice. You need to walk circumspectly. Would people look at you kind of like, what in the world did that man just say? And uh, sometimes I love the wording in the King James. Not as full, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time because the days are evil are evil. A story is told about a man who was a shoemaker who had a long longing desire to be a missionary. 
Everyone who came into his shoe shop heard about Jesus Christ. One day his friend took him aside and said, all this talk about Jesus is ruining your business. The man responded, my business, my business is to extend the kingdom of God and only cobble shoes to meet expenses. Whether you cobble shoes, work at Walmart, or become the next president of the United States, you don't have to do great things to shine bright as a star. All you need to do is just keep doing the little things like our shoemaker did with great conviction, great wisdom, great beauty, and great love. This is what our scripture refers to as putting your light on a stand to let it shine for all to see. So they will praise and glorify God. And it's a reminder for each and every one of us that it's time for us to come out from underneath our baskets and shine. We, each and every one of us, are called to be light of the world. Just as a lighthouse uses its glowing beam to guide ships, ships towards safety and away from danger, so are we to use the light of Christ to guide the lost to the safety of God and away from sins, dangers. You might be asking yourself this morning or asking the question, why so much emphasis on light? Light has always held significant spiritual imagery throughout Scripture and throughout time. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And, you know, I always like the spirit. Yeah, this little light of mine. I realized that when I heard that years ago through a spiritual a black spiritual song. I knew then that when they drew it out, they were drawing out the light. I'm going to let it, let it, let it, let it, let it, let it shine. I knew then it was a whole different story. Because I knew as a little boy, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No. Thank you. I'm glad some of you are following me this morning because you're all looking at me like, yeah, pastor's lost his mind. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. So we teach our kids this story. But here's reality. Do we understand why we actually sing that song? Do we understand that when he says, let your light shine, that once you come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that now we have the light of Christ that lives in us. I'm going to be going in just a minute here. I'm going to show you that it starts from the Old Testament, flows right into the New Testament, and it helps all of us to be able to live a life where we let our light shine. But you know what I think is sad? And I, and I need to bring this to your attention this morning because this is a difficult message for me to preach. It's a difficult message for me to preach because I have a difficult time practicing some of the principles that I'm going to teach today. Well, isn't that hypocritical, Pastor? No, I said to the Lord last night and this past week, do you really want me to preach this message? And he said, yes, I do. So we're still preaching it because he didn't change my mind and we're still going in the same direction. So it may not be for you today, but I guess it's for me to be to feel convicted, look convicted, feel burdened and overwhelmed by some of the principles that I'm going to teach because I will tell you, in this world that we live in, in this dark, dark world that needs our light, I've realized that it's not a fun experience. I haven't enjoyed it. 
You know, it was so funny because as I was reading this this morning, now, I know the story, I saw the story, this is not my original story, obviously, and I took it from, you know, another pastor's sermon, but I will tell you this, it hit me, people, a man walked up to me this past Tuesday in one of my accounts and he said to me, why do you still clean? I said, well, because I've ticked off everybody in my church and we have 12 people that come. I didn't say that, I'm just, I just thought I'd throw that out there just because... I get blamed for everything. I mean, come on. Success rises and falls on leadership. Let's talk about the business world today. You know, I mean, that's that we've all heard it and we live it, but I just had to kind of add. I told you this message is for me, not for, it may not be for you, but I just have to add that in there. And so when he said that, I said, you know what? I love being in the business world. I love doing what I do. He goes, really? You clean toilets? I said, I know I do. And people have asked me in the past, you know, do you want to, like, get rid of the business? I've been doing it for 24 years. And here's what I love. When people walk over and they say to me, Pastor Todd, can I ask you a question? I saw Roger this week. A man who used to come to our church, Eric, his dad comes in. I get an opportunity. I walk right over. I get to shake his hand. He always addresses me. Hey, Pastor Todd, how you doing? I see a man who used to come to our Bible study and his name's Michael Todd, and I'm Todd Michael, so I can be clear across the store at ABC, and he can walk in, and he'll yell, Hey, Todd Michael! Well, he's waiting for me to yell, Hey, Michael Todd! You'd have to know the guy. and uh, But he's just one of a kind, and he's awesome. But what I love about him is that I get to spread light. Always. And so that's what I enjoy about the secular world. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, you pastors just don't get it. You don't have a clue. You don't even understand because you see in your little four walls that you live in, your office, the sanctuary, the foyer, you get to walk around in the fellowship hall and it's just you and Jesus all the time. Well, then when you start to realize that when you're outside of that, and you guys can relate with me because you go to the same workplace that I go to. You go to the same school system that I went to. It's all the same. You still deal with the same peer pressures, and you still deal with people walking over and going, <sighs> blowing your light out. And then you have to grab your lighter and light it back up again and go, okay, Lord, I know who I am. I know whose I am. I'm going to just let my light shine. And it makes it difficult for many of us to be able to continue to say, okay, here I am, Lord. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And that doesn't mean that you give sign language. I, and, and you know what's crazy? i got to tell you this. Here's another story. I'm going to throw this little advertisement in here because my ADD just kicked in. But you know what's funny is this past week, so I decided to go with the family. As many of you saw, we checked into Tinseltown Cinemark Theaters. I decide because I'm going to be a gentleman and a scholar and, you know, score some points with my wife, I'm dropping her off at the door. And then if you're not dropping your ladies off at the door, you're wrong. That's right. Come on. Do I hear Drop them off at the door. And the reason why I could say ladies is because I have four daughters, a wife, and a female cat. So I get to say ladies, even though Violet was at home. But as I dropped them off, and it was 12 degrees, <laughs> and, uh, and as I pulled over, now get this. So I'm in my truck. I, I do one of these numbers, and there's a guy behind me. So straight ahead, six miles away from the door, okay? Not really, but felt like it was six miles, and it was 10 degrees and freezing cold. I look ahead, and I'm like, oh, great, there's three spots open. I'm going to take that spot. Now, how far away was I from the door? Six miles. So I, I start journeying that direction, and as I do, I do one of these numbers because when you have an SUV, you don't really want to back out, 
because if you don't see somebody and you hit them, it wouldn't be a good situation for anybody, not for me or the person we just run over. But anyhow, as I was getting into that spot, I thought, I'm going to back in. So I do what we always do. We do one of these numbers. And right when I did, guess what happened? Oh, yeah, you know it. That man come flying right. He went flying right in that spot. So I'm sitting there. Yes, Lord. I'm having an experience all by myself. And these words were coming in this mind of mine all by myself. And I sat there and that, that I'm serious. This is a true story and I'm confessing to all of you today. Lord Jesus, help me. Lord Jesus, help me. Lord Jesus, help me. I'm saying this out loud. I'm going to take that person down right now. And then he said, oh, no, you're not. I said, oh, yes, I am. Oh, no, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. Why does the Holy Spirit always have to do that? And then the song comes back in mind, this little light of mine. And then the black spiritual comes in, all that stuff. And I'm like, stop it. All right. So then I backed the car up. Meanwhile, I was spreading love. (sighs) Not really. So I back up. And this man gets out of his vehicle. Because guess what I had to do? I now had that where I was parked, I was going to back nicely. I mean, beautiful. It had just been like cheese on pizza. I mean, whatever. I mean, it would have just been perfect. Did that make sense? But anyhow. So now I had to stop, back up, pull up. Back into the next spot. And the man gets out. And now he's walking like this. To the point, I couldn't catch up with him. Because I was going to go spread some love. And I knew right then, as I'm trying to catch up with the guy, I mean, I am like spreading. I'm almost six foot tall, so I knew my, my sprint would be better than... The guy who was walking like this, but he was out of there. You know, when I went in and I saw that he was with his family and stuff, I mean, yes, my flesh wanted to get the best of me, and and the dark part of me wanted to kind of just shine through. And then I realized, does it even matter? He might be sitting in a pew on Sunday. And remember who you are. But I had to actually realize that right then in my moment in my life, Todd, it's a parking spot. It's okay Just love people, even when they are unlovely, even when you get bad service at the restaurant, still tip. Man, I hate that too. I mean, this year you get bad service and you just don't want to tip. And then the Lord says, I give them extra. No, she was mean. Man, she was mean. I know she had a bad day today. The expectation of our life. The expectation of our world. And I, I find myself often, you know, feeling even in my own life, just, man, I want to I act this way and I want to be this way. And yet I find that even in the beginning of life, God gave us light. Right in the beginning. In the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form or void. And then all of a sudden, in verse 3, he said, let there be light. And poof, there was light. In a dark place, all of a sudden, the majesty and the beauty of God appeared 
that day on planet earth. In the Old Testament, life is often used as a symbol of goodness or uprightness or uprightness or even in blessing. It is linked closely with Yahweh and with goodness and serves as a symbol of God's blessings. In the New Testament, light is used to point towards Jesus Christ. Jesus is referred to as what? The light of the world in John 8, 12 and 9, 5. The Bible also tells us that anyone who follows after Jesus will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. One of the final messages given by Jesus referred to the light. Jesus said in John chapter 10, or I mean chapter John 12:35, the light is with you for a little longer. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become the sons of light. Light is also used to characterize the whole life of the Christian. We are called to walk in the light as he is in the light. Are you following me? Then we are to be children of God in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, even if they do take your parking spot. Oh, that wasn't in there. I added that. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. We're also commanded to cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Romans thirteen twelve, And to walk as children of light in Ephesians 5, 8. And the whole reason and the whole emphasis this morning... On light is simply due to the fact that we are continually waging a battle with the forces of darkness. And the only way we can win the victory over this darkness is through the light that is received from Jesus Christ. Through both testaments, light not only signifies but testifies to Almighty God and His Son, Jesus Christ. Light came into the world not only through the creation of a literal Son, but also through God's Son, Jesus Christ. And this is why, as we celebrated last week, the spirit of Christmas. Christmas is so special not only to the Christians, but it's also important to the lost and dying. Because with Jesus, light came into the world to bring everyone deliverance and what? Reconciliation from the darkness. And this is why I always like, because a lot of times right after Christmas, I'll preach a message on the wise men. Because the wise men showed up after Jesus was a toddler. You know, oftentimes they come and they, you know, they, they demonstrate their gifts, as you saw last week from the wise guy. And uh, they'll bring their, their gifts. But what I love is that the journey that they were on, they followed the star that shone so bright. And that star that shone so bright was a signal of the birth of the newborn king. This brilliant star drew these men to such a degree that they chose to journey far from their homes to worship the new-born king. So I want to ask you this morning, how far will you go to see Christ? How far will you go to see Christ? What will you choose this new year? The star they followed for two years is the star that pointed to a lonely manger that held the salvation for all humanity. And the good news of this story, of the shining star, does not end with the wise men. The ability for the star to continue shining is now what? Left up to us. And that's what Jesus said as he descended into heaven or ascended into heaven. We're to shine not, we are to shine now like the light of the Christmas star, never diminishing, never wavering. No matter what is going on around us, we are to shine as a beacon of light to a dark, dark world. How many of you would feel, I mean, this, we've got, you know, a 
couple visitors with us, but guests. But I want to say, I feel like you have to shine your light even more in the church now than you even did in the in days past. Lord, help me to respond the right way. Help me to look the right way. Help me to act the right way. Help me to be hospitable the right way. Help me to love the neighbor, love my neighbor as myself. Lord, help me to image you. Help me to go and teach. All these things I tell myself constantly. Because he commanded for each and every one of us to be just that. One of my new things in life is I think so many of us were like chameleons. We are how we are or who we are with whomever we're with. And God gives us some great opportunities to really spread his love and his light in uncomfortable situations. The reason why I wanted to start the series on From Darkness to Light was, was because I really believe that we've journeyed. And I'm, I'm hoping that this will really resonate with many of you as you have all journeyed emotionally through darkness, mentally through darkness, financially through dark places, spiritually through some dark places, maybe even physically through some dark places. And what has happened to you? Did it make you stronger? Did it make you better? Or did it make you bitter? See, Jesus did the same thing. He walked this earth. So as a young 30-something-year-old young man, he suffered just like we have. And he kept saying and reminding himself, my father and I are one. My father and I are one. And I'm going to ask you a question. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? No, no, let me ask you. Let me ask you this important question. You're finishing out 2017. Are you born again? Just put it out there. Are you born again? If you're not born again, it says you will not see the kingdom of heaven. John chapter 3, verse 3. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So the invitation for you right now is to evaluate your heart and evaluate your life and say, am I truly a child of God? Do I exhibit Christ in my life? In this year of 2017, if, if somebody were to walk up to me at my workplace or in the restaurant or in my school system, no matter where I'm at, would they say to me, are you a Christian? You know, justification goes on and on and on and on and on. I hear it so often. And the reason why I brought it up is because I believe that the church... I was on the phone with a pastor friend of mine from Canada this past week. And his comment to me was, Brother, I cannot wait till 2017 is over. Because there's been some dark places in my life. And as we were blubbering with one another, and I said there were some dark places in my life, and we've journeyed through some of the rough, rough areas and patches. And is it okay to say that? Is it okay for me to be real with you? And, and that's why it's difficult for me to, to really kind of say, you know what, this is hard. I'm telling you, to live out a life of living a life for Christ is difficult, but there's great reward. There's great reward by being a child of God. 
That's why I started off with Ephesians chapter 5 and Ephesians chapter 1 when he said, Grace be to you and peace among you. Because even Paul was saying, listen, you've got this. The grace of God flows. It's all over you. You just need to make a decision today. Listen, you can't show light if you don't have Jesus that lives in here. Yeah, last week we had some, it was fun in the service. We had moments where you, where you cried, where you laughed, where you, where you actually examined your life. And then we always try to make our Christmas Eve services fun and at least a reflection of who the newborn king truly is but in the midst of it all people even said to me should you do that song i will follow him i was waiting for some negativity because all of a sudden pat vaughn broke it out in the back by the way i wish pat was here was that i have to tell you if you get discouraged or depressed just pop that open in new hope christian fellowship pay if you haven't liked the page you need to like it and uh but you've got to watch these men in the back Unc, Senior, and Pat, uh, breaking it down. That was hysterical. want to thank those over here, Tiffany and Tiffany. Tiffany and Tiffany, get it? Okay. They both video recorded from both sides, so Tiffany showed it on her page, and then I shared it with the church page. But I'm up here the whole time watching these crazy ladies have a great time up here, and it was fun, but didn't realize I couldn't see Pat Vaughn in the back. But here's what we've done. We've said you can't do that in the church because someone will say something about what you're doing. But, you know, I find it interesting because we can live like hell in the world and nobody says anything. We can't come to church and laugh, cut up, because I'm watching Pat Vaughn do a pirouette or whatever they call that up here and a... And I'm putting on some crazy wig just to bring laughter to people. See, what we're trying to do is we're trying to let people know that we are just as real and we're just as much sinners inside the church as outside the church. You know, we didn't do anything that was ungodly or we didn't sin. We didn't, but so many people, they, they just have a way to be critical. God have mercy on us. God have mercy on us. Facebook, social media, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Glitter, be bitter, whatever they are out there, I don't know. But all those social media things, we get on there because we just, we can't wait. We can't wait just to say that, those three little words, or that little sentence that'll just grab that sword out of our sheath and stab somebody and twist it, the same people that you've been worshiping with. Are we letting our light shine? Are we letting our light shine? Do we just have to, just because it's within me, I mean, it's within me just to open up that armada and just storm out of there and tell that man what I thought. You most self-centered, selfish individual, move your vehicle. No, that's not, wouldn't have gone over very well. Yes, at that moment in my life, I had to deliberate. Todd, you can't get angry. Because, one, he might be bigger than you. That was the thought. Two, he might have a weapon of warfare. And I had nothing. I didn't even have my Bible, which normally travels with me, and I was going to really whip out that sword. But 
That would have never happened because then God would have reminded me of all kinds of things as he did as I was sitting there. But yes, I wanted to say how I felt. We're all there. We've all journeyed through these, these difficult times and we've struggled. But we have to share light. man in our church this morning walked up to me and his name's Jimmy. He said, do you know why I love Ron Sr.? He said, a scripture verse came to my mind this morning. And the scripture verse says this, iron sharpeneth iron. Do you divorce your family when you walk up to your daughters or you walk up to your children and you say, listen, you've got to change some of your ways? No, you're doing something that's L-O-V-E. You're loving them. I was watching a show last night called All Saints. It's a Christian show, and, and, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but it's okay. I'll, I'll come back. But one of the things that I appreciated about this movie was this was a man. It was an Episcopal church. They came to the church. Doors were closing. There were 12 people in the pews. The church was empty. Uh, the man came in. It, it, the whole thing was he became licensed uh, through the church, and while he was there, one of the men in the church said this. He says, why are you so bitter? Oh, you're, you're only here to close down these doors. You know, you don't even love Christ. You don't let his light shine. Nothing. And I was going to actually play this clip because I thought it was really cool, but decided because of time not to. But when I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's so, you know, it's so America today. It's all of our churches. And he's like, well, sir, you have to understand. We have to sell the church. This is the, the pastor telling him, we have to sell it. There's so few people. And you know what he said? I don't see few people. I see 12. Isn't that who Jesus ministered to? I was convicted right then, right in my recliner. I'm like, we're having church right here all because this is an All Saints movie. <laughs> and because... Jesus didn't look at the multitudes. He looked at the individual. But throughout the story, he's like, the old man, get in my truck. So the man gets in the truck and he takes him over to a field because the pastor says, I'm going to turn this church around because, are you ready for this? Burmese, Nepali, and Bhutanese people came to his church. Karen people. So if you want to say where they're all at, they're actually three states. So it would be like Illinois, Ohio, Pennsylvania. That's how close they all are to each other. So they were looking for a church. They needed help, so on and so forth. And, and as I go through this, and I'll, I'll highlight it quickly, and then we'll conclude. But what I loved about it was even in this, he said, listen, we can have a farm. Well, it was funny because then the pastor started speaking to one of the lay people, and he was honest with him. And he yelled, you know, the, the elderly gentleman yelled at the pastor. And the pastor then turned around and was very strong and, and curt with him, called the man a coward, called the man faithless, all these things. But the pastor was willing to hear what needed to be said. But when the layperson said what he said, and the pastor turned around and said, listen, I've got to tell you something that's truthful. And he looked at him and he goes, you're a coward. You have no faith. The man in the truck said, get out of my truck. Get out. Walk. And as I was sitting there, I started thinking about my own life. It's okay for a pastor to share light and love when the 
parishioners need him to do just that. But as soon as I, as the pastor, say, you can't do that, they get mad at me and they tell me, get out. Wait a minute. Do your children, when you share love with them, when you share love with them, do they look at you and say, mom and dad, get out? Or maybe when your kids say how they feel, do you look at them and say, get out? No. You forgive them and you love them. But see, today in America, we live a life of self-centeredness, of darkness, of a place where we're journeying, where it's very difficult. Our family's going to fail us. Our leadership's going to fail us. The government is going to fail us. Your pastor's going to fail you. But Christ will never fail you. When our nation desires perversion over a personal Savior, and when godlessness seems to prevail over godliness, there is only one thing to remember. We must never, ever lose our reflective brightness of the Christmas star, Jesus Christ. We must sparkle with hope, love, and peace of Jesus Christ. It is not an option, but a command. So like the Christmas star, or like the light of Christ, we must shine like the light of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So how do we do that? How do we exhibit that? How do we, in this new year of 2018, shine like a bright light? Well, guess what? The moral of that story and the rest of the story of All Saints Church was that they ended up coming together. Even the city and the townspeople came together to love one another, to exhibit the image of Christ. Watch, Watch, I'll show you light here. To Imitate Christ, to get to know each other. H is for hospitality. And T, tell them about Jesus. So they exhibited just what light actually means. And so I stopped and I thought to myself, man, church of a hundred. Do you understand what 100 people can do for the cause of Christ? Have you let your light go out where you don't want to say anything? I, I would like to pay a public Public, uh, what's the word I want to say? Compliment to Ron Ankh. You've taught me something that I didn't even realize myself because I don't do it. You always check in everywhere. So when the FBI and the CIA and everybody wants to come and get you, they'll know right where you're at. And um, so I just want to say that I always appreciate that he checks in at New Hope Christian Fellowship. Church, do you believe that we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ here? Do you believe we teach the word of God here? Why aren't we spreading the light? Why have we left it up to the pastor? Why have we left it up to the pastors? Why have we left it up to the officers? Why have we left it up to the children? We've gone through ebb and flow in 2017, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, Eight, seven, six, and five since the conception of this church. And I will tell you this in 2018, I will not mourn the loss of the past. I will celebrate the birth of the new. And we together as a church can celebrate what God is about to do using you. Because in the scriptures, it says that we are to bloom. Where we're planted. Are you blooming? Has the season of your rose bush 
just a bunch of thistles and thorns? Or are you blooming where you're planted? Now, people have said to me, you know, pastor, we have to go here, we have to go there. They've got this program, that program, this program, that program. And I, I, I can really appreciate that and I understand it. I really do. And I understand truly, you know, the reason for their own personal needs for their family. Listen, I do. Can I say that again? I understand more than anybody. We started a church on a deck. I love that I have this cross pulpit because at one point I had this music stand that opened up like this. I know we were in this beautiful building because of God, not because of me. So let me just, let me quickly go through this. The first greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength. But the second greatest commandment for L is to what? Love your neighbor as yourself. And that's why I said in the very beginning, it was very difficult for me because there are people that are in love that I don't want to love. Did you hear what I said? There are people that are unlovely that I don't want to love. I have been screamed at, yelled at, persecuted, put down. I'm sorry that you left because I didn't let you know that this was going on or that was going on. But we made the announcement two weeks ago. And so it's, it's hard for me. There was a woman who used to work with our youth. And, we, and this story was, was amazing. And we've prayed for her husband who's going through surgery. Who has gone through surgery and is suffering cancer. But on Tuesdays, I was walking through Walmart in the Fairlawn area, Montrose. I rounded the corner and there she stood. And there I stood. And it was a moment that I had to stop and think. The parting wasn't as harmonious as many. And we understand that in relationships, people divorce and, you know, you don't like your spouse. You loathe your spouse or you'd still be married. But it's difficult to shed love and light to those people that we don't really care for. Right then, the Lord convicted me. I saw her. She saw me. I walked right over and says, hi, Merry Christmas. And I hugged her. Because that's what we do. And it was in that moment that I said, I've prayed for your husband. I pray publicly for your husband. She reached in her purse and said, I want you to have this. And it was a, it's a wristband that talks about prayer. Wait a minute. What would have happened if I didn't love my neighbor as myself? And I said, oh, you're, oh I'm out of here. I can't deal with it. I would have lost the blessing of receiving love back. See, I think that's where we miss it. So in the acronym, we see that there's love. Do you know there are over 16 references in the New Testament to tell us to love our neighbors ourselves, to work no ill towards them, to please our neighbor, and to speak the truth to our neighbors? I is for imitate Christ. In 3 John It says this, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but imitate what is good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. I love what the Greek word, George, you'll appreciate this. The Greek word for imitate means to duplicate, to follow. Church, you are Christ's representative. You are to imitate. You are to duplicate Jesus Christ. When they spat upon the Savior, he didn't spit back. 
Do I want to spit back? You better believe I do. Don't get me wrong. I have the same old flesh that many others do too, but being born again and walking in Christ has given me the hope that I need in him. Do I need to sit down with a counselor sometimes? You better believe I do. My wife will tell you. Oh, anyhow, um, we won't give her the floor right now. But uh, So we need to imitate Christ. We need to love our neighbors. We need to understand that if they can't see Christ shining through you, they'll never find him. If they can't see Christ in and through you, they'll never find him. Without Christ, there's no salvation. And without salvation, there's no eternal life. Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I is for imitate Christ. Jesus, forgetting to know others. In order to gain friends, one must first show himself friendly. The world needs people to reach out to others in acts of friendship. If we don't show people that we are friendly, then they'll never come to know who we are. Isn't it great? Like today, if you go to a store and they go, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Okay, now you can resume your position. Okay, um, Happy New Year. You were enjoying that, weren't you? I figured. So you go around, and you know this year, what I loved was Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas to you too. Every time I would use Merry Christmas or, you know, if I say Happy New Year, it shocks people. Why? Because we're always in such a hurry to go nowhere. We have to be number one in our sports. We have to be number one in our churches. We have to be number one in our families. We have to... And I'm sorry, Cleveland Browns, but I appreciate your level of love and commitment and faithfulness today. They're going to win. Anyhow, uh, to them, sorry, Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, (laughs) anyhow, um, I've been a Pittsburgh Steelers fan since I was a little boy. But anyhow, we'll go back on to the message. And I'm out of here. (laughs) Did you hear what I said earlier? Listen to what the pastor has to say out of love. (laughs) Anyhow, you know, so we get to a place where we need to let people get to know who we are, get to know others. Show hospitality. I love this. But before I say hospitality, I love this verse. It's one of my favorite verses in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. And to be a shining light to the unsaved, we must show ourselves friendly and stick closer than a brother. And that means to do what? Invest our time in others. We have to get to know them. And, and I think that where we miss it is we don't get to know people and we don't show hospitality, which is H. So we've got love your neighbor as yourself, imitate Christ, get to know others, and then H, hospitality. I really believe it is a necessity. Listen to what Romans chapter 12 says. And before I read that, the word hospitality actually means love of strangers. And get, to, get in the habit of inviting guests home for dinner. Romans 12, 13, 1 Peter 4, 9, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Hebrews 13, 2, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Church, I will tell you this. The chairs were messed up in here today. 
Pastor Luke came to me and said, the chairs are messed up. We've had graffiti on Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound back on the sound booth. See that white mark over there and see there's a couple marks over by the baptismal. Um, I've seen some problems there. I've seen some problems up here. I've seen some issues with the Lord's Supper table that I bring in here that's out in the foyer area. And I want all of you to know something. It all happens after our service. But it all happens when the Nepali come in. But let me explain something to you that I think is very heartfelt, and then I'm going to hurry up and try to wind this down. But we're at the end of the year. You guys will be up till 3 in the morning. Make sure you get your naps. So anyhow, I will tell you this. I think we have forgotten to love our neighbors, to imitate Christ, to get to know one another, and to show hospitality. As I was watching All Saints last night, not knowing that this really went with my message, I rented it, and it's a good Christian movie, and... Um, as I was sitting there watching it, it hit me. As I was looking at the Asian families, and it, it was so surreal for me because when they first came into church, there was five of them. They were sitting like right down here where you guys are at. And the little dude was running around. I'm looking at that TV, and they're like, sit down, sit down, sit down. And it was right at that moment that the pastor was up there preaching it went right to his office, and he was looking on what they went through, their refugees and just the persecution that they went through, and they're still going through. And the, the rape that took place with little boys and little girls and, and just the abuse and the killings. And one of the articles said like three to 5,000 were killed in this war whatever. And, and, and then it flashed back to where the little dude's now running around, and I thought to myself, who cares? Oh, hold on just a minute. This is crooked here. Let me, let me straighten it up. That was hard. That, that just about did me in today. I need to go home and take a rest. I know that you guys have put your time, your money, your energy into this beautiful facility. But if we do not win the hearts of the Bhutanese and Nepali people who are dying and go to hell, we might as well just lock the doors right now. We've got the Hispanic church that's here. Ah. Eh. Yeah, I don't want them. I, I told Perna, you need to get those off there. Poor Allie, she's tired of going back there with a magic eraser. But it's in those dark moments that he keeps drawing you right over to amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like you, like me, like us. Eh. So we have to grab some paint. We have to paint stuff up. Are we being hospitable? When they walk through and they say, Jameson, do we say Jameson to them? Do we look at them and go, you're not worth it? Well, if they're not worth it, then how much are you worth it to him? Because he laid down his life to die for you. And then T, tell them about Jesus. Tell others about Jesus. He said, go ye into the highways and hedges and tell them. So what are we doing? In our workplace, are we telling others? Perna loves God with all his heart. Married a, a young woman who's over there. They're now married and uh, he's just, he finally got his citizenship, so he's all excited. Why is it that we don't think he deserves the same privileges that you and I have? If we believe that Jesus Christ brings life, hope, peace, and healing, why is it not fair for them when it was fair, fair for us and the generations past that came to this place to give us life, that we have the liberty to love one another and to show the light of Christ. So I'm going to ask you something. 
When you're playing basketball or baseball, do you point up and tell people about Jesus? When you're actually in your workplace and things don't go your way, do you point people to Jesus? When all of a sudden you're pulling into the movies and you know you're parked six miles away, are you pointing people to Jesus? When all of a sudden you come to a place and a crossroads in your life and it's a dark place and you're dealing with cancer or you're dealing with this is the worst Christmas we've had. You know, I don't have any money. My husband's not home. My wife's not home. They've had to work. They work in retail and it's just difficult. What am I going to do? Do you point to Jesus? Do people see that when you, when you put your Facebook post up, because you've got millions and millions and millions of followers that just love and appreciate you in there. You are their star and they are your fans. Because we all think that on Facebook when we have 12 friends. But are you making a difference with your 12 friends? Are you really exhibiting Christ? I know for me, if we all purposed in our heart in 2018 to do this, point people to Jesus. There would be hope, healing, peace, joy, all of the things that we see through this Advent season. So, as we close, I'm going to ask you to do something. We're going to play a song. And now I'm going to ask you to do something that may be a little bit uncomfortable for you. I don't know, but if you don't know Jesus Christ, number one, you need to come to Him. So that he starts to take residence in your life. And hope and healing and peace start coming your way. But I want you to pray in and over your family, your church, your life. You don't have to pray with anybody. Pray by yourself. Just come to the altar. Or if you want to sit where you're at because the praise team's not going to come up today. I want you to hear this song. But church... I'm serious when I tell you this. It was cold this morning. It was dark this morning. It's sun shining out now and it's beautiful outside. But we all have to say, man, I'm just exhausted. I don't want to come to church. You are here for a reason and you came. You purposed in your heart not to let any other obstacle get in your way. So if you're here today and God had this message for you, Will you just spread light this year? You know, because he said, let your light so shine before men that they may see all the good things that you do, your good works. See, every time you show a good work, when I saw that man walking ahead of me, I then was glorifying God because if I'd have got out of that vehicle and told him what I wanted to say, it wouldn't have turned out very well for me. Because then I would have shown my flesh and it wouldn't have been good. So I'm always preaching to myself. When I see something on Facebook and I want to give my political viewpoint, I'm preaching to myself. Or if I want to give my own personal preference, I'm preaching to myself. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. We've all been there, haven't we? But when you come to church, know this. That you're coming so that you can come to know the Christ that gave his life for you. That gives you that hope, that peace, and that joy. Today, there is somebody in your life. And maybe out of one of these things up here for light, maybe you're saying, I haven't told others about Christ. I haven't been hospitable. I just have not been warm and fuzzy. I haven't, you know, Christmas Day. 
the Nepali come to church on Christmas Day. They were in this building, tore this place up, and I love it. I'm serious. Move the chairs. They have a celebration, and it lasts for hours. I've been here on Christmas Day with them. Because you, they said, there's no better place than to be where the one who came and died and gave his life for us. We're with our family in the church pew. We're with our family in the sanctuary. We're with him, worshiping him. This is where we need to be. And so today, I just want, as, as we give back our gift of love and our gift of understanding who others are, of imitating Christ, if God laid somebody on your heart today, I just want you to come to a place where you can pray. And if you need to know who Jesus Christ is as Lord and Savior, I'll be happy to pray with you, open up the Bible. I can go through that with you. But isn't it great just to know that we get that same hope to share the light of Christ with others? Isn't that awesome? I mean, I'm reminded because I'll tell you, Todd wants to give up and turn my back and walk away. Because that's who we are. That's who all of us are. But in reality, we need to stop and say, Lord, light me up. And lighting us up means the journey that we're traveling and the places that we're going may not be what you truly want for your life. It may be some of the darkest places. But in those dark moments, Christ starts to shine through. And then all of a sudden, light then is revealed. Are you with me today? So today I want you to do this with me. I want you to practice right now. Take your finger like this and point it up. It's all because of him in 2017. And it's all because of him in 2018. Will you let your light shine before man? That they may see your good works and that he would be glorified. So let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let's all just stand to our feet, and then I'm going to have a word of prayer. And we're going to listen to this song, Time of Reflection. And if you feel like you just need to come and pray, you come and pray today. Follow the light, the light of Bethlehem. So closely that its radiance will reflect off of you and shine as a beacon of light so that others can follow it too. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your light. We thank you for who you are. Lord, help us, mold us, shape us, remake us. Help us to just glow. Let people see you in and through us. Don't let our light burn out. And even though in the song it says we should not hide it under a bushel, which means we should not hide it under a bowl, under a bush, we should just let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Lord, bring back our love for other people. Help us to imitate you. Help us to get to know others and be hospitable. And Lord, help us to tell other people about Jesus in and through our testimony and our life. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this morning. Help us to be a light to a dark, dark world. Move us, mold us today. In your holy name we pray. Amen.